right, welcome everybody to episode two, City of Coal Lake podcast with Kevin Nagoya, the CAO for the City of Coal Lake, and myself, Craig Copeland, Mayor for the City of Coal Lake. And uh, you know, it's our second episode here. We, you know, we the first one we enjoyed uh, kicking that off, and appreciate everybody downloading and listening to us. I hope you you learned a few things about the city. Uh, this episode, we're going to start off talking about a, uh, an, an interesting subject that we get a lot over the years uh, from the residents. Uh, we're going to call this pizza and beer, and a kind of funny, uh, funny title. But uh, really, you know, it's interesting. A lot of stuff comes in uh, in emails to to myself as the mayor and council, uh, and and also the city's website. We always get this comment, uh, Kevin, about pizza and beer, and so you know, uh, we probably average, I would think one pizza shop and one liquor store for every 2,000 people in Coal Lake. I think it's around right. that, We, around might, we might be getting some kind of records out there. I don't know. It's great stuff. There are great opportunities, lots of different flavors, right? So, um, but anyways, in the, uh, the way the land use bylaw is structured in the, uh, for the city of Cold Lake and every community's got uniqueness to their, uh, to their land use bylaw and how they structure it. And, uh, you know, for the city of Cold Lake, uh, when it comes to most, uh, um, types of development and land uses and land uh, being one of the specific land uses in the, in these types of, uh, commercial ventures and food outlets and stuff like that. Um, we don't have provisions of saying that there has to be a minimum of certain distances between certain types of land uses. I think right now, the only, uh, you know, the only area where we actually touch on that is, uh, cannabis, uh, outlet, uh, uh um, stores, uh, that are, uh, that are retails that are out there. But uh, when it comes to things like uh, pizza, and I know that question comes up because we have a lot of them in the community um, and, um, you know, liquor stores. And there's a lot of them out in the community is that um, is the is how many we have. But that being said, there is lots of opportunity out there. Um, they are private businesses that are that are uh, that come to the community, private investors that open up these stores. Um, they're not the municipality actually going out there searching for new businesses. They just see Cold Lake as an opportunity for investment, and they come here to 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 have hang a shingle and uh, and uh, they apply to the city of Cold Lake for that land use. And if it, it is a permitted use in those areas then uh, by rights, they do have a, a right to, to do that under the land use bylaw. So one of the key pieces is that if you own a piece of property in the city of Cold Lake, and it, depending on the zoning that you have, um, if it's a permitted use, um, there is a, uh, an obligation that the municipality um, give you a permit to be able to do what you want to do in those permitted uses. As long as there's no variances uh, being asked for, um, you're allowed to do that function in, that, uh, in those types of zonings. Yeah, we're very pro-business, I would think. You know, what happens is pe- people come into the city hall like, uh, and meet with planning and development, or they'll contact the CAO or myself as a mayor and say, can we you know, spend some time with you? Look at, uh, we've spent a lot of time, especially around 2013, with uh, a lot of uh, investors came in looking at, at hotel sites. So probably had five different individuals uh, come in and spend time with planning and development and infrastructure, looking at different areas of the city uh, in regards to good sites for big hotel properties, looking at the water, sewer lines, infrastructure costs. In the end, what's really uh, unique, we even did what, what we do is the driving tour where we take them from one end of the town to from south to north, and we go through all the, the different properties uh, in the vehicle with them, and then come back to City Hall, look at the different sites that they like uh, with uh, the CAO and, and general manager of infrastructure and planning, 
and really get to to look at the different properties. What's interesting, back in 2013, not one of those uh, companies ever did invest in the city. And so even though you, you do spend a lot of money, um, you know, kicking the tires with uh, with individuals, that's really our, our main job, I, I would say, is to try to work with uh, whoever wants to come into our city and invest, spend the time with them, understand uh, where, what business they're doing, where they want to locate. Uh, we did that just recently, Kevin, on 16th Avenue with the, uh, the gas station. Uh, we worked with that individual uh, on the, um, the site there. Yeah, I think uh, when you look at some of the main questions uh, when they come in and uh, an investor, um, and it doesn't matter what type of land use they're looking at, gas stations, hotels, um, you know, they have some, there's a lot of commonality on some of the questions. And uh, um, they want to know, uh, you know, what type of servicing, where, you know, where, where they, uh, the land could be. Um, because, uh, sometimes they have criteria that they want certain amount of traffic in front of the businesses and, uh, and they don't want to necessarily be off in a residential area. They want to be maybe highway frontage, uh, optimally, um, what type of services that are there, including water, sewer, uh, gas lines, power lines, cause those will add to things. And if the site's not serviced, um, more critically, what happens is, is that, uh, the time in order for them to be in the ground becomes extended. So if the ground is not ready to go and not serviced, um, usually it adds like six months to a, to a project because there's physically, it's not just putting foundations and then walls up. It's you actually go dig in the sewers and stuff like that, which extends the period of time. And, and those sometimes become a concern to the developers or the investors because, uh, um, many aspects when you're speaking to these, uh, to the investors, Time is of the essence because it's all about opportunity. Um, extending these types of timelines uh, takes away sometimes or changes opportunity, and the uh, the economy is uh, is critical to them because they can look at or they want to look at the certain amount of revenue being generated over certain certain times of year. So, um, yeah, the uh, driving uh, driving tours that we do are are extensive and uh, very well received, especially uh, with the um, the people that are involved. Your worship. Uh, myself uh taking people around uh the investors around to look at these uh various sites one of the challenges of course uh and uh city council has been having some conversations around this is actually when you talk about the land is is that a lot of the land is uh, privately held um in the community um the city of cold lake itself is actually not in the commercial development business and when we're saying commercial development we're not saying the city of cold lake does not go you know we don't build you know the private store whatever that is so we don't build the restaurant or we don't build that it's the the land preparation and having something ready to go on the road in front of it uh, um something that council has uh, been discussing but uh it's, of course it's also opportunity yeah there's lots of you know what we do is uh once we understand what it is that uh, the entity is looking at to invest in coal lake uh, is we actually drive from one end to the other like i said and uh, identify the different properties uh, that we may know that some are for sale, but uh, some are vacant land. And uh, we just sort of say, here's here's an opportunity. And then we come back to City Hall, identify the owner. And it's up to those two to have a conversation. Uh, but we're here to, as a helping hand uh, over the years uh, to try to make uh, investment work. I know on the 16th Avenue gas station uh, with the Tim Hortons in there, the, 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 the business person that put that together really liked the idea of... Uh, the provincial park going uh, in an easterly direction on that road would take you right into Colic Provincial Park. Uh, he felt that uh, that was a significant uh, spot for for what he wanted to uh, to have here in, in Coal Lake. What's interesting, uh, we've had you know gas sta- gas stations. Uh, 
when you look at uh, how many we have in Coal Lake, um, there's quite a few. But when you come in from the south and you're going in a north direction, uh, we've had investors come in and say, you're really on the right-hand side, on the east side of the highway. There isn't a lot of uh, gas stations. And so uh, probably wouldn't surprise me that we'll see another one uh, someday pop up uh, in the south uh, in Coal Lake, somewhere on the right-hand side or the east side of the city. Um, Kevin, let's talk about uh, the uh, the city owning some commercial land. As 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 we we know, we have two sites. Maybe just sort of uh, talk about the two big sites that we have. Well, we have a couple areas that we uh, look, uh, you know, that keep coming up in questions from private investment companies. One is in uh, Cold Lake South area. Um, we look at, uh, you know, it's right by the information center, uh, land there, uh, adjacent to the information center, the city of Cold Lake owns, uh, several acres in there. And this, we do get quite a few queries to, in terms of, uh, different types of investors looking to build in there. I think even, uh, at one time was one of the, 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 the hoteliers that are looking to, to develop there. Um, so different types of proposals do come forth with, from the city. And then, uh, in Cold Lake North, we do have land adjacent to the highway, um, that is, uh, uh, of opportunity that keeps uh, coming up with queries, uh, queries as well. Um, I'm, there's a few other ones. Grand Center Hotel. Uh, yeah, yeah. The um, Grand Center Hotel, the city of Cold Lake did acquire that previously, the, the, and uh, and toward the building down there is opportunities there. We've received a few queries for uh, for uh, for that land as well. So it depends on zoning. One of the key pieces is also zoning. Um, if you're not all types of uses and buildings can exist in all types of land zoning. So sometimes that's critical in the conversations from, uh, from the uh, developers and investors as well. One of the things about uh, what council does through Kevin's work and his staff is we identify a 10 year capital plan. And so council this is really an important, not only doing the, the city budget each year, but uh, doing a, a vision for the next 10 years on capital. One of the areas that, uh, has been identified, but no money uh, uh, put to it, is as a new city hall. And so, when you look at uh, when you look at the Grand Center Hotel site, it's quite large. Whether or not it's large enough for for that a building of that big, but some of us on council, I think pretty much all of us on council, I would think it's safe to say, uh, look at different options for that site. When you look at whether it's the courthouse, uh, the health health the services unit in the in the in Colic South is very their building is very crowded. You know, is there an opportunity to come in and build a four story uh, commercial building in Colic South, where you're going to have say the courthouse, you could have health services maybe on the second floor, and then you would have city hall third and fourth. And the idea there from council is is that with all those people, uh, they would generate a lot of uh, you know, income towards uh, the retail in Colic South for the restaurants, for shopping, etc. And so it really is about uh, looking at making a vision and putting a footprint down there for the next 30 to 50 years. And so councils uh, with administration over the years, if you look at the buildings that we're building, is really building, you know, structures that are, are very appealing to the eyes, but also going to serve the community for a very, very long time. We don't want to build small and then have to uh, to knock it down or expand, etc. So we have that issue right now with the RCMP building. As a great example where council's got to uh, figure out where we're going to put a brand new uh, RCMP building inside Coal Lake. And so we have some land uh, to look at uh, as an option for the RCMP building that the city owns or we'll go out and, and buy some land. 
Yeah, the you know, in terms of uh, uh, going back to some of these businesses, and you raised a, an interesting one was uh, by, up by the the commercial development up by Highway Twenty Eight and uh, and Sixteenth uh, Avenue, the the commercial development that's up there in the gas station. Um, you know, with that private investment firm had some great ideas with the provincial park, but uh, a, a large component of that discussion was also included uh, meeting with the franchises, right? Because the private there's a there's a private what the city does is is a lot of uh, facilitation between the investment company. And then uh, the, the the permit requirements, and also the franchises themselves that may be uh, wanting to come to the community. Um, we do attend uh, periodically the International Council of Shopping uh, Centers, and uh, it's uh, that uh, that conference there allows an opportunity for investment investors, even local investors, uh, small, medium, large, uh, to connect uh, with the uh, franchises uh, and all the name brands that you that uh, that are out there. Um, typically attend those conferences and uh, and then the municipality as well. So we get to ask questions of how they suit with the community and try to facilitate connecting people with people and with these businesses to see if projects can be developed in the community. Of course, the, the city of Cold Lake in terms of the community municipality itself doesn't itself open the businesses, but um, trying to connect the dots of, of trying to make that happen within within our community. And if you remember the development that uh, happened on the uh, the Highway 28 and uh, 16th Avenue, the the gas station that's there, um, we actually met with all those uh, all the franchises that are in there right now um, as a group to to bring that together with the uh, with the developer and the investor to make sure that uh, everything was lining up as and the municipality facilitating the uh, the conversations. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, one big job on uh, CEO and the mayor and council is going to uh, whether it's conferences uh, or these big uh, retail uh, conferences is it's all about relationship building and sometimes it takes years to foster these kind of developments and so you know hats off to uh, the work over at Tri-City Mall we've got a couple of uh, you know big projects uh, for retail on that uh, right in the mall site so you know that's encouraging that uh, private uh, businesses taking the risk and just goes back to the vision that council had many, many years ago about Walmart coming in. That really uh, laid the foundation for expanding the retail in, in the Coal Lake area. We get a lot of people that come over to Coal Lake to shop and that. So, you know, probably, you know, 60,000 people all, all, you know, come to, to our city to, to, uh, to do retail. So it's, 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 uh, you can see it uh, expanding. And, uh, you know, I think that, uh, right now, um, there's sort of a little bit of a light on the t- tunnel where the Trans Mountain Pipe is starting to uh, get dug here in September. And then uh, the recent announcement on the, uh, the Keystone Project out in Nebraska. There's still uh, court uh, issues. Uh, I think it's in the state of Montana still on that uh, pipeline. But, you know, if we can get a couple of these pipelines in Line 3, which is a big one uh, going towards Minnesota, if we can get some of these pipelines actually in the ground and ready to, to, to get product in them, I think you're going to see a a real, you know, another expansion of uh, commercial development. So with these private guys coming in and investing, I think they're looking down the road and saying, you know, things are going to turn around. Yeah. I think the the other side is what uh, what does the community do to, to help uh, investment to come to your community, right? And um, there's all kinds of different strategies that are out there. The City of Cold Lake actually looks at a, the business revitalization and attraction incentive uh, program. Um, we do have a number of businesses that do uh, tap into that. It could be new businesses, 
businesses or businesses that are doing um, renovations on their facades of their of their buildings to provide a new look to the community. And uh, you know, there's a you know, I have to give hats off that we do have a number of uh, businesses that are that have tapped in or, or are tapping into the uh, to those uh, types of uh, uh, tax incentive programs. And, um, you know, over the years, actually, that was a program started in 2010 um, and uh, is currently going. Council just renewed it for another uh, couple of years uh, to to continue with that program. Um, places like I think uh, Lake City Motors uh, was on there. Um, I think the, uh, Tom Holiday Fish. Inn. Yeah. There's a lot of businesses yeah. that are. The business down in Colex South really changed the facade. Facades. On their yeah. We see electric services electric, doing a makeover right, on their Right building. now, currently. Right. So. Even and the I, church right there. Yeah. They did a great job. And, uh, so, you know, businesses are, are, uh, applying and, uh, we've had quite a few, uh, applications approved over the last few years, and it's great to see, and uh, it's really reshaping the look of uh, our city. You know, the the, the creation of the uh, of the uh, business revitalization that program was originally, uh, in terms of concept, was uh, was raised by the uh, Economic Development Advisory Committee of Council, right? So the volunteers that were on, and uh, business people that were uh, part of the uh, part of that uh, committee of council. Um, raised as a this type of incentive program as a suggestion to council, which was, uh, um, you know, it was fine-tuned and then uh, adopted by council. And it's been uh, uh, amended a few times to provide different types of programming and different types of incentives uh, within that program. Yeah, no, they, they do a great job on EDAC and, and uh, provi- providing uh, new ideas and it's a different lens uh, on things. And so, you know, hats off to them. They brought forward a, a lot of initiatives. Uh, one recently, uh, we had a, the, the big parking change down uh, for Coal Lake. And so now uh, that was uh, a lot of, um, it was a good journey. Uh, it found its spot. Uh, we had uh, applications for, you know, uh, on, an, on a business that uh, needed a lot of parking spaces for what they were offering. And uh, so it was a lot of great debate in council. And, and now we've kind of looked at it a different way. Uh, a lot of work from the, the chamber itself and EDAC on this one, but uh, you know, now it's kind of, you know, our bylaws have really changed so that uh, there's a lot more flexibility and especially for the downtown businesses, uh, whether it's South or North, is the ability to sell your building and then whoever's gonna buy your building isn't really handcuffed by the amount of parking spaces that they require for their business. Cause we do have a lot of small buildings that are on main streets and uh you know if you were to buy a couple of them and say put in a big huge restaurant maybe you know by relaxing the parking maybe we'll allow some of these businesses when they're ready to sell uh it'll be much easier for them so uh, i really like the the downtown lakeshore parking amendment and uh, i think it's uh, over time it'll be interesting to see how it all works yeah it's a new program right it's uh there's not a lot of communities that actually look at these types of overlays. Um, I'd say that there's only a few in the province that I've uh, I've seen. Um, but uh, that being said, I'm not saying that it's uh, there's not more out there. Um, but having this opportunity does provide opportunities for these because uh, you know when you're looking at the downtown, there's a lot of doors that are down there. And you know if you wanted to put up a shingle of a business down there and you're on tight quarters, in order to, in terms of the type of use that you have, it may be problematic if you had to find parking. Where do you put your customers and stuff like that, and in your and your, your employees? So, taking that handcuff off may give opportunities for another, uh, like you said, is a style of economic development uh, incentive for the uh, for the downtown area. Sometimes what happens is people come in and they apply for a business license to operate, and then we go, oh man, you you just can't 
operate there. You don't have enough parking stalls. So, uh, you know, this leads to some changes and, uh, well, they need more investment, right? Yeah. Cause they're going to have to go buy a maybe another parking area or another lot adjacent to them or across from them in order to, to, uh, to get, uh, the enough parking stalls. Or I think, you know, some of the challenges in past has been, it's not just, uh, the acquisition or land purchases for parking. It's actually starts to come down to conversation of these land or parking sharing agreements throughout the downtown. Right. So many of the, some of the businesses that were coming forth with their, their, for their development permit for attended use starts to go down the path of, well, I'm going to share this parking lot with this company and share this parking lot with this company and share this parking lot with this company. And when does it start to collide and really start to not mean anything because they're maybe the that parking lot has been allocated to two other or three other businesses right so it's uh, it starts to become a, a challenge of how do you manage it yeah no a good example was on main street in, in the south we had uh, an individual that was going to rent out their their lease out their building to a restaurant and they were going to do both a take in you know take out and an, an in, in-store uh, restaurant and they needed X amount of tables, and with with in, with that those tables comes a designated parking stalls required. And unfortunately, they're right on Main Street, where there really is no parking in front of that business. And so, uh, it does present problems on on if you own property on on Main Street, is is who you can lease out the property to. So now it's a bit more relaxed, and uh, we'll see if that allows uh, those that are going to try to lease out their buildings or or sell. Uh, more opportunity for for that so it's uh you know we've done you know a lot of good work here in the city but sometimes you sort of have to wait and see and evaluate in a couple of years to see if it, it met our, our vision yeah we do get questions uh from the public on uh on on various uh issues and uh you know one of them it's it's a little bit leading away from uh, the issue of commercial but the uh the question here is is why does the city of cold Lake continue to issue development permits for 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 new houses when uh when they're, uh, the housing market hasn't come back yet. Now, uh, it's an interesting question, um, and in and itself, you can have a long conversation with. Uh, um, I can maybe put some framework around that. Is where the city of Cold Lake um, controls the lots of new developments. It's a um, you know the subdivision application uh, comes in and new lots are created and whether it's 10, 20, 30, 40 new lots and the development starts to occur, the streets go in and the servicing goes in. Once the lots are created though, and, uh, as I kind of mentioned earlier in the, uh, in the, in the conversation is, is, um, if, uh, the land is owned, for example, residential and, uh, you own the property or a person owns the property, that person has a right to build on their property. Um, as long as it meets the requirements of the land use bylaw, the municipality ought to, and should not be denying a permit because the owner has a right to build as long as it's, uh, meets the zoning regulations. So you don't say no at that point uh, of a permit. Now that it's different when it starts to come in discretionary uses in those types of zonings in a residential areas that a municipality can say no, but a landowner does have, have rights to build. And, uh, and, and that's how uh, the development continues that they come in with a permit. And uh, um, in our case, we do want to we, we do want to uh, encourage continued development in our community as we look at more residential opportunities, but more so the, the uh, is commercial opportunities uh, expanded within the uh, within the community yeah I think we got you know a good supply of uh, empty lots right now but what's really fascinating uh, 
is that there really hasn't been a lot of area structure plans uh, come in front of us for several years now. Yeah, so, I, uh, I would say I would, I would comment to that. I think there's only one parcel of land um, now. Bearing in mind that we have new annexed property um, that are new annexed area, the jurisdiction of the city of Cold Lake has changed. I think there's only one quarter section that did not have a uh, an actual uh, area structure plan on. So, and those have to be adopted by bylaw by mm -hmm. city council, and they and they sit sit for in forever until they're amended. Um, so I would anticipate in the new annexed area that we'll have more uh, ASPs coming online. Um, you had a, quite a few of annexations, that, or I mean, um, area structure plans come in front of council because of policy changes about 10 years ago that you wanted some, uh, our council wanted some more planning done ahead of just individual subdivision applications coming in and some forethought in how the subdivisions would occur, staging infrastructure and some more planning around it. And that's why council had a lot of area structure plans in front of it. So the new annexed areas will be the the the, the areas that would probably see uh, a lot of that attention and a lot of that work coming forward with the developers and the landowners in that area. Yeah, we have some subdivisions that you're going to probably see as the economy picks up. Uh, builders building uh, houses in lots that have been sitting vacant for many years. Uh, one of the issues we always have uh, is that... Uh, you know, because uh, our investors in, in, in the housing market aren't these huge, huge companies that you see in Edmonton where they blow in a full quarter section of houses within one or two years, we just don't have the, the sale volume for that. What happens is when they get their area structure plan uh, in place, uh, they might do one or two phases. And, it you know, it takes several years for just that to lift off the ground. And what happens is, is that uh, people purchase houses and they're accustomed to the nice poplars being uh, grown, growing up on their property. And, and all of a sudden, when the next phases come in, all the trees come down. It's always important when you're buying in Coal Lake to find out, uh, you know, who what is going to be in my backyard? Uh, is that a future uh, development going on? Uh, Kevin, just maybe explain to people about the parks. Uh, we always, that seems to be a hot topic in uh, in the new subdivisions in Coal Lake. Well, yeah, How does it all work? Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. council, I think, is a little bit uh, flexible uh, in allowing the development in Coal Lake to sort of push out the, the parks uh, on, on a subdivision till maybe the later phases. Yeah, that's, you know, it's always a question of economics and, uh, and staging, right? Um, if uh, a major park is put in within the one of the first uh, first phases of a subdivision in a brand new quarter section, um, of course you're probably the developer has to outlay certain X amount of dollars in order to do that, and then they're selling has to sell so many lots in order to recapture those costs. And typically those parks and those infrastructures that are public infrastructures are carried over a, a large parcel of or many lots within a quarter section or subdivision. So um, you know developers would tend to like to have uh within their first stages is, is some lotting in their in their in their uh, phases before and and some money starting to come in or some uh, some of the investments starting to come in and return on the investments and then put the parks in place and it also it's mixed with that as economics is also location if you put a park on a peripheral of a subdivision right on the outside well, when you start to build on the inside of that quarter section, if the park's on the outside, it's not in the middle. And so you like to have a little bit of a critical mass around a, uh, a municipal reserve. Now, keep in mind that the in, in all subdivisions, including commercial and residential areas, the city of Cold Lake takes, uh, takes that 10% um, in accordance to the Municipal Government Act uh, of municipal reserve and in any, plus in any environmental reserves that are required. And uh, that's a, that is a requirement of that land and 
being given to the municipality in order to create those parks and whatnot. The, uh, in our development standards, once that MR is dedicated, municipal reserves are dedicated to the city, then the city requires the developer to landscape it or, or put parks in there, depending on where if it's in a commercial or residential district of what, what exists on those, uh, on those parcels of, uh, of green space. So they put in the park and then the city maintains it after that? That's right. After that, once uh, once the subdivision is completed and the city has accepted the infrastructure, then the city uh, from there forth takes over that infrastructure and maintains that, uh, including the grass cutting and everything else that's uh, that's occurring. Keep in mind that uh, whenever development, whether it's commercial or residential, the... Uh, you know, there's a significant financial investment for the developers, and we have to. We always want to be cognizant of that. Uh, you know, sometimes it's uh, it's easy to say that, well, geez, the developers are you know at 120 or 150 or 90 or whatever the dollar figure is for the uh, the cost of the lot. You know, that's a lot of money. The issue is, is that the developers also investing a, a multi-million dollar investment for the road, the sewers, the stormwater management, um, all the offsite infrastructure that's involved in that uh, development has to be carried for the term. And as you said, we have lots of lots that are in the communities that are still that are still vacant. So the developers or the investors that put those in the ground. Um, are carrying those costs currently, so there's that the, the financing of those uh, of those costs or holding of those costs as well, which is a, a significant financial risk to the uh, to that those investments. So we um, we definitely want to put our hats off to the uh, to the developers that are in the community, as uh, they, I think they do a great job with, uh, and uh, we've really re really increased over the last ten to fifteen years our development standards in the community, and really are making our subdivisions look a lot uh, uh, a very good community. Yeah, we, we, in our budget, we do have a, a park replacement program. And we've had, uh, unfortunately, some uh, neighbors uh, where they're still waiting for their first park to be put in some subdivisions. So we do recognize we have some issues in the community. Council's looking at it. And so, uh, you know, council's committed to always, uh, we have a, you know, good park replacement program uh, in, in our capital budget uh, plan. When people are really asking right now um, about Imperial Oil, and so just change the subject a bit, uh, you know, if, uh, you know, back in 2016 or so, uh, the uh, in the next phase for Imperial Oil Coal Lake Expansion Project, we met with the consultant that was hired on the, on the file to do the community stakeholders uh, engagement. And, uh, you know, we, we again brought up the subject that we didn't want to see any work camp on site for the next construction or the next phase. And so, and that's because we feel that, uh, you know, the hotels, uh, lots of capacity within our community for hotels, for the rental market. Uh, we, we're in a really good shape now in Coal Lake for rentals. And so for lots, you know, coming back to the residential lots, you know, I think when you do see the, the expansion uh, uh, come about uh, with Imperial Oil and with Snovis and everybody else, the CNRL, because you know, good times will come back here. Um, is the I think we're in a good spot right now for uh, for the residential housing market for for new builds, and then what you'll see is eventually the new money will come in to invest in in raw pieces of land and come in front of council for the area structure plan. You know, yeah, yeah, and, and adding to that uh, right now with uh, you know uh, you know some light at the end of the tunnel. Um, right now, we're the city of Cold Lake is undergoing the new municipal development plan. Um, we've actually received quite a few, uh, intakes on, um, uh, you know, comments from the public. I think the last time I heard from our 
the communication staff and uh, planning staff was like, I think we had like 400 uh, surveys uh, and feedback coming from the community on the contents of that uh, municipal development plan. So, the, uh, and the reason for the launch of the new municipal development plan is because of the annexation area. So that there's new lands that are within our jurisdiction. And uh, we do have to update the MDP to include those lands within our, our within our jurisdiction. And then also now the, the, the boundaries of the intermunicipal development plan, which includes the MD of Bonneville has to be updated to reflect those new boundaries and then also the uh, peripheral uh, developments that are you know a mile or two outside the city limits to make sure that uh, look at uh, growth patterns uh, beyond uh, beyond our limits so um, that includes in there is, is a large component of conversation around commercial development in the new annexation area uh, yeah what do you think about that uh, in terms of long uh, there's you know areas along highway 28 i think this is going to open up a lot of opportunity for the community yeah certainly it's uh we've had interest on of course a little bit of development on on the east side of uh, Highway 28, but now with the annexation, uh, now the west side is in play, and before it was part of the MD of Bonneville, we had some big uh, Calgary investors come in and really look at uh, some quarter sections on the west side. Unfortunately, the annexation during the big boom years of Coal Lake uh, was, you know, taking on and it was dragging on. But, uh, you know, thankfully, the uh, the new council of the MD of Bonneville really pushed it forward and wanted to sign off fast. So it's a, it allows us, I think we're in a good spot uh, when in, you know, the economy will come back here in a big way, uh, just a matter of time. Uh, but I think, you know, we're, we've laid the foundations with the help of the MD of Bonneville to be in a position where with the annexation, we now can do, uh, you know, show a lot of people that come in and kick the tires in Coal Lake. Here's the different uh, property. Some of the properties going to have challenges with the water and sewer and how far uh, you know, that is, that infrastructure is going to be a way and that, and that's, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see where people pick. Uh, we, we do have a lot of private land, uh, in Coal Lake that isn't necessarily for sale. That's why you get, uh, really fractured development as we've talked about. Yeah. But over time, um, you know, hooking up north and south together, well, I, think I think those are vision. pieces, right? In terms of uh, again, back to back to the commercial development. In order for it to occur, there's a there's a lot of pieces that come together in this, right? Um, if you don't have the land available for the commercial development, um, and then whatever whoever that in person is or that type of uh, use is, whether it's a restaurant or a hotel or um, anything in between, any of those uses, uh, liquor stores, um, uh, whatnot, pizza places, uh, pizza places, all. Of that right and uh, the uh, they need the land and it needs to be serviced um, in order for them to exist or develop on those sites so land becomes critical and that's uh, that is something in uh, council strategic uh, vision is looking at making sure that there's availability in land and the infrastructure investment that is required for those areas and then uh, and then number two is the zoning of those lands which is, comes with the new municipal development plan and the intermunicipal development plan in order to 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 forecast of what the compatible uses are going to be adjacent to these sites and then uh, and then also is the incentive packages that are there and then the facilitation of conversation between you know community investors or people that are you know that are business owners or entrepreneurs in our community um, that are interested in connecting with uh, the franchises to uh, to to develop or they want to come to the community and one thing's actually you know really interesting and hats off to all these uh, businesses and they have they have 
a, a, a good handle uh, on what they expect in the community or what they think they're going to get for revenues in the community. Um, these big franchises, they, they, they pretty much know what type of revenue forecast they are. So they know before coming to the community um, what they're going to expect for, uh, for, for clientele. Um, so they've got a lot of homework already been done on, on all kinds of demographics and communities. And uh, Cold Lake is included in those in, in many of the conversations we're having. I think um, we've talked a lot about private and, and industry money, but I think that soon uh, you're going to see the provincial and federal money come into the city and start really investing in their own assets. Uh, you know, we hope uh, Lakeland Catholic gets a new high school over at the Energy Center. I think that's going to be a you know exciting project. Hopefully, it gets approved in a couple of years. And uh, but on the base, when you look at all the hangers that uh, that are going to come down and be replaced with the new hangar design for the new fighter jet. You know, that's going to really uh, create a lot of commercial spin there, a lot of employment, uh, you know, uh, will be short term, but it will bring a lot of uh, workers into our community. And hopefully a lot of local contractors will get work on the base when when the projects start uh, ramping up, uh, certainly on the I labor think side. you raise a good point, right, is the fighter jet, because like you said, there's certain conversations, of course, uh, understanding that uh, there's in-camera or, or confidential conversations that are also happening with regard to all of this type of stuff, um, including the fighter jet uh, um, acquisitions and uh, and also other initiatives that are associated with that, right? And um, I think... Um, the community is trying to position itself and city council is also trying to position itself in order to um, not just, as you mentioned, the short term, because you're going to have the construction, the acquisition and the procurement of all this that's coming into the community. I think that in between the air weapons range uh, up upgrades as well um, is also the carrying on of the investment of how does some of this stuff stay long term in terms of uh, um, jobs. Um, when you have that type of uh, acquisition, um, there's always other opportunities in order to help uh, service or um, or, or, or complement those types of uh, assets that are and, and, and initiatives that are coming to your community. So there's also a pretty significant initiative that City of Cold Lake is undergoing right now in order to see what types of opportunities that are that reside in there. Yeah, I know. You know, the wing is such an asset that, that our country has. I mean, when you spend time as much as we go do on, on four wing and you get to see the airspace that uh, they their playground that they're allowed to play in, it's uh, so unique in the world. And uh, let's hope the federal government's going to come in and invest in a big, big way. We, we, we think they are. You know, as uh, talk is a half well, the a, minister said half that, a the million minister, dollars. The minister said that they are. Yeah, yeah. just he said there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Just hold out. Right. Yeah. You know, these poor pilots and all the techs <laughs> that have kept that plane up in the air all these years. Uh, you know, fantastic job. Uh, you know, we're the best in the world. So, um, you know, for the Air Force, the they just do a tremendous tremendous fabric of our community. And so I look at the federal government investment over the next five to 10 years, it's going to be huge in our community. And then the province, I mean, the province is uh, not only the high school for the Catholic school division, but, you know, we're also going to need one on the public side uh, for, uh, for the little kids. Eventually they're going to have to position a school somewhere in the South. And, uh, and also the, the courthouse, the courthouse is always full. Uh, the police station, we talked about that's kind of a municipal responsibility in a way. And then the the Cole Lake Hospital. When you look at that Cole Lake Hospital and how crowded uh, that place is, and and it there's every it's every the amount of Saskatchewan users that are included in on those numbers, we keep getting yeah. that feedback, right? Yeah, yeah so we're, our basin's big, right? Yeah, we we got a big catchment area, and the the docks and all the staff over there, and the nurses, all the support staff do a great job over there. But it is crowded, and uh, you know there's a lo potential on that property to expand uh, the site. 
Uh, and we also got to deal with the parking issue over there. But, but you know, the, I, I think over time, uh, hopefully Highway 28 uh, gets uh, somehow gets at least some passing lanes and a minimum and all the intersections uh, fixed up. But, you know, over time, uh, I think that uh, the next, uh, you know, 10 years, I think you're going to see a lot of commercial build, residential build. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, sort of it's going to start and all of a sudden we're going to go, oh, my God, it's, it's hit us. And uh, it could be very soon. Um, I think this federal election is going to be huge for our, our, our area. And uh, also just uh, Canada has to figure out, do you want to start bringing in oil from overseas to sustain your city, your, your, your country? Or is it about time to look at Canada's resources? There's so many people in Coal Lake, actually, in the area that go work in the United States now in the oil patch. And, uh, you know, the permitting process there is so fast compared to what's going on here. And uh, so actually, you know, just touching t- touching on permitting processes, like one of the questions I've come in here is what are things that can hold up commercial uh, commercial development? That's actually a good question. Right. And where I go, as, as you know, and uh, actually some of the developers know internally here is that uh, um, the Cold Lake South uh, area um, is right now we can't uh, open up new development and commercial or residential Otherwise, is uh, you know, down in the Cold Lake South area, what I'm talking about south is south of Main Behind Street. McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, in that area, right? Uh, um, uh, and the challenge is, is that is uh, environmental approvals. Like some t- the per- permitting processes can take a long time. And the city of Cold Lake, in joint venture with private investment uh, developers that are looking to invest in the com- uh, community as or at this moment, is uh, is held up for some of the uh, approvals just on getting infrastructure in the ground. And the reason why we can't develop now, an ex- explanation why no lots can go in the ground or new subdivisions can go in the ground is because the stormwater management needs to be taken care of as the, the rainwater runoff and stuff like that needs to be controlled in a certain manner and in order to comply with environmental regulations we have to have a stormwater pond back there that that buffers any any of that runoff and and provides even some partial treatment of that stormwater the issue comes down to is is that um, waiting for approvals has been uh, a multi-year uh, uh, endeavor. It's actually we're probably six years into this process, seven years into this process, waiting for uh, approvals or going through the approval processes. And right now, we understood that uh, the city of Cold Lake understood is uh, we've actually have approvals, and now we've been still waiting for the for that approvals to come in uh, in uh, finalization on land transfers uh for for two to three years now so it's uh it's really frustrating right and then you got your private investment that wants to 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 move forward on these projects but you're held up right and those are types of things that can hold up right is the infrastructure environmental approvals um and then also sometimes is the is rezoning applications can can uh, take some time if uh, they require public hearings and stuff like that but uh, there is a um you know a certain amount of things that could hold up commercial development and the idea that city council is trying to work on is 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 uh, work through some of these projects, such as environmental issues, um, ahead of time. So the, right now, of course, we're in a law, but you can understand that we've been actually working at this project for uh, six plus years in the uh, south area. And uh, if a private investment firm was wanting to uh, to open up new subdivisions, um, you can see that we're held up, right? And 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 trying to take those uh, take that red tape away. Yeah, the land we're talking about is behind uh, McDonald's or the shadow to McDonald's there, but it's back there at west side there. It's a big pond, but it a lot of water drains to that site from across the street uh, coming in from, uh, you know, the Colonial the Colonial States. States area, yeah. Uh, a lot of water comes from the Walmart area across underneath the street. and Down uh, south to uh, Red Fox Estates area, the... Uh, the um, 
the Rona area, shout out to Rona, kind of that area all comes uh, comes down this way. Yeah, and we'll get sponsorship here for this, but uh, um, <laughs> right you on. know, it's easier just to talk about buildings that are you know in, when we're describing all this. But the movement of stormwater is huge in Coal Lake, and a lot of water from the north comes to the south, eventually goes into Palm Creek, and eventually into the Beaver River. So the the movement of water, making sure places aren't flooding, is massive. And uh, the city does a lot of big projects to move stormwater. We've spent millions and millions of dollars uh, from uh, ID349 money, uh, has allowed this city to fix itself up and the provincial grants and also just uh, the city taxpayer dollars, uh, fixing moving of water when it rains. And, you know, especially in the springtime, this, we've had such a lousy summer, we've been been moving water all all summer long. But but, uh, that project, unfortunately... uh, you know, going back to the investors, uh, the staff did a great job uh, with the, the consultant on the project, getting all the different uh, investors. Uh, with, we had four Not different table, uh, yeah. parties coming to the table, and it's really unfortunate that uh, that we've been uh, kind of held back for so many years. Uh, we were described as being patient the other day by a, by a provincial person. So, <laughs> so uh, we'll see. Hopefully, that is an important site because for Coal Lake South, that's a major residential. Uh, development and commercial area that right now is uh, frozen out. Yeah, yeah. And that's for new lots, right? There's a couple of lots that are still sitting there, you know, private um, held uh, parcels of land that is already serviced. And and it's back to that comment. If there's a private parcel of land that's already serviced and, uh, you know, there's the permitting process would take place. But the issue comes down to is any new subdivisions that need to come online is 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 held up by uh, this issue. So those are examples of red tape or some issues that can be hold up commercial developments. And uh, especially when you're in the south area along that Highway 28 corridor or just uh, kind of in the peripheral of that, um, those are some prime commercial uh, areas that uh, that uh, developers want to see, and they're they're you know they they have interest in developing on. So, I think um, part of the the strategy or any strategy we're working on economic development is, and a key piece is opening up land that is available for to develop on these lands. Because if you don't have the land, everything else is mute. Well, Kevin, we started off pizza and beer uh, was our title, so we'll, we'll we'll sort of give that thought out there. We're coming up to some hopefully some warm weather here. Just been a brutal year, but uh, not that we're encouraging everybody to have a have a glass of beer uh, this weekend. But uh, you know, get out and uh, enjoy yourself. And uh, and then next subject, we'll we'll come back in a couple of weeks with another podcast. But uh, we hope everybody's enjoyed uh, this one talking about um, you know both uh, residential and commercial. Uh, development inside the city of Coal Lake. Yeah, no, this is great. Uh, I think there's a lot, uh, you know, even in some of these uh, issues here, they are uh, in any of these topics, we can go into further detail. Uh, any uh, Anybody that has uh, questions, uh, of course, you heard that we're kind of answering some questions that are being uh, hit at us uh, with uh, through the c- uh, city at coldlake.com. Um, kind of come up in here uh, relating to these subject matters. So, you know, we, we encourage anybody that wants to have any questions, uh, we can definitely uh, hit them on uh, on these subjects if you have them and uh, throw them our way. Should, right we go, should we go get a pizza and a beer? Sure. Mm-hmm.